Tonight on the Goblin's Corner. Governments in games. Oh yeah. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're doing governments and games. How exhilarating. Can be. It can be. So in light of all of the other subjects we've been talking about. We actually had some people write to us and request do more governments and games. Sure. And I believe this was stemmed off of making the criminal organization and the city building campaigns that we talked about right. earlier in, in several other episodes. And so tonight, we're going to make some governments. Yeah. We're going to give you guys some custom governments that you can use in your campaign, whether it's sci-fi or fantasy or otherwise, D&D, for example. But before we get to that... We've got a question of the week. That's right. So... Lay it on me. What do we have? All right. Since we're doing governments, mm-hmm. we're going to say you're the ruler of a land. I am the ruler of this land. Yes. What is your stance on adventurers and how do you handle their antics? I would say, being myself, that adventurers are given free reign in my country. They're good to have because... That means that's work that I don't have to do. I've got this roaming monster. It's terrorizing the town. That damn giant just keeps eating my uh, my citizens. So adventurers are like free help. It's not like I'm going to go down into the dungeon and loot that treasure. I'm the ruler. Mm-hmm. And for a small percentage fee to allow them to go and rampage through my dungeons on my property, mm-hmm. they can defeat the monsters, and, and thus everybody's happy. Okay, okay. That is also how I deal with their antics, by sending them on quests. So, just out of curiosity, uh, they roll through a town, they don't appreciate the fact that there's a markup on, say, pearls. Okay, right? they don't like pearls. No, you're, you're a thousand miles from the ocean, the markup by the time it gets here for identify, instead of a, costing 100 gold, it's... 115 gold, because I had to get it here. You had to to get, yeah. Okay, so they just murder the shopkeep and uh, grab some pearls. What's your your answer? Well, they got to die, obviously. I mean, that's what the assassins are for. Sure, okay. What I'm saying is I'm not a, I I am a, I have no idea where I'm going with this. You're not a benevolent ruler, but you're also not one that's just going to be, that's going to have your people trampled upon. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, if they're, I look at them like free help. Now, if the help starts stealing everything, then they got to go. Fair. If the help starts murdering people, then they definitely have to go. Okay. Then I find other help to get rid of the current help. Sure, sure. It's a win-win situation either way. My plan is going to run off of the you break it, you buy it methodology. If you murder someone, you had better have the means of fixing that. Sure. Otherwise, you're going to be toiling away, breaking rocks at some point. Oh, no. You're just, you're going to have the equivalent of, uh, you know, a tracking bracelet or uh, ankle monitor. The magical version of that or the cyber yeah. technology version of that. Yeah. And sci fi uh, version of that. What s- are the, any, any version, really, of that. Or it could be just the regular version of that. And you're simply going to do what is necessary to bring that person back to life. There you go. And, you know, if it means murdering the dragon and you make 
several, several thousand gold above what it costs to res them. Cool. They get 20% of that. Yeah. Cause you've obviously inconvenienced them with death. Yeah. That's a serious yeah. inconvenience right there. Yes. Have you been seriously inconvenienced by death and have been brought back to life by a wonderful medical person or perhaps a cleric? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com. You can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things, such as Discord. It's true. I show up occasionally. Matt sometimes shows up. Rarely, but occasionally. He does does tweet a lot. He tweet a lot. Yes. Twitter. I was going to say you Twitter a lot, but yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about governments and games. All right. So first off, we're going to do our standard disclaimer. Okay. So we have a couple of disclaimers because we're a bunch of idiots. We're probably going to say something that's stupid. I would actually expect we're going to say something that's stupid. Oh, I was, I was mostly just going to talk about the fact that if a government exists here in the real world is extremely common here in the real world we're not covering we're not covering that no and that is totally true you most likely if you have the ability to listen to this show you probably know what a democracy is or you probably know what communism is you've benefited from one of those governments that allow you to listen to a podcast right Uh, we kind of expect that you likely have enough real world education to know what the most common forms of government in the real world are. Let's let's be perfectly honest here. Neither Matt nor I are civics teachers. That is true. In fact, I slept through most of my political science classes in college. I, that is no lie. I am shocked and appalled. And so he so, says completely dead-eyed. Yeah. So we are we are not the reference for any sort of government knowledge of any sort. But we're really good at making shit up. It's true. And so we're going to make up a whole bunch of really cool stuff for make-believe governments in your make-believe stories. But if you want to know about real-world stuff, the internet ask, is wonderful for that. Ask your local teacher. They'd probably be happy that someone's interested. Yeah, ask somebody in government. They probably do that for a living. They'll lie to you. Well, they will lie to you, but that's okay, too. I mean, at least you'll learn a little bit about government. And and lying. Uh, yeah, yeah. And lying. It's, a, it's so, a class in both civics and deception. Yeah. How how delightful. <laughs> um, additionally, we're going to cover specifically two things. So interesting governments that we think would make a fun campaign idea. Some of these might be technically real world. Right. But we're going to put them in a different spin. And then the next thing. It's just fun stuff. Just fun stuff. Yeah. Stuff we're going to make up, like just rando stuff that we've come up with that we consider to be governments in our own head. Yes. And again, if it doesn't qualify as a government, we really don't care. Nope. Nope. It makes an episode. Guess what we're having this episode? Governments. So why are we even talking about governments? Okay. Well, that's really simple. If your game has a town, some countries or kingdoms... They probably have governments. Either that or it's total anarchy. Right. Well, you can't have countries or kingdoms without a government. That's fair. Because yeah, it could be some borderlands or yeah. something like that, a contested territory. Yeah. And governments provide one of those frameworks for characters to live in. Sure. You've got geography, whatever, however magic works, right? Those are all frameworks. And then 
government is the framework provided by the NPCs of the world. Yeah. Now, your players... The social framework. Yes. Now, your players may or may not abide by the laws. Most of the time, they don't. That's why they're adventurers. But this allows you to build a world where you kind of have a bit of believability to what's going on. And this kind of falls in the old adage, if that was true, what else is true, right? Sure. Because if you don't, then your story kind of suffers a little bit because you're just making stuff up on the fly. So you shouldn't need to make every single rule or whatnot for your game, but you should have kind of an idea of how your make-believe society runs. If there's a rogue in the campaign, you should probably know how the law works. Got to know how to, yeah. Got to know who to run from when he steals stuff. Right. You know, that's how it works. So governments are, are a good use in your game for that. And when we say governments, again, think bullet points. Please don't write another Declaration of Independence, a no. new constitution, a Magna Carta, whatever you're under. Don't paraphrase it. It's really not that. Serious. Now, if you want to do that, show it to us. I would be happy to skim over it and then fall asleep like I did in my civics class. But most of the time. I was seriously wondering <laughs> if you were going to volunteer to read it. I, I will not, guys. I'll read the I'm first sorry. page, guys. I I'll read the first page. No, no. If someone sends this stuff, I'll read it. I'm happy to read most of the stuff that people send us. I love reading new stuff. I did well in civics class. I did my duty. Not again. <laughs> Fair enough. So governments also are a source of reward for your player characters. Sure. Work within the law. Punishment, if they don't. Uh, a means to achieve power. Yeah. And in many ways, like goods and services, stuff like that. Sure. Got to have roads, right? Guess who pays for that? The common people. But the government is what makes the roads. It's what happen. arranges it. Arranges yeah. that whole thing and then skims off the top. And the bottom. And the bottom. And probably in the middle. Both sides. Yeah. But in addition to that, it also enhances the storyline where anybody is involved. And this is where we're, we're going at. Right. Because we're going to touch on some of those. Hopefully some story. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there you go. Now, that being said, we have a delightful list of make-believe governments we've come up with. Yes. We are aware that most of these do not work in a real world. Many of these would be considered idyllic governments. And some Utopians. of them tyrannical. Oh, definitely. Some of them can be horribly tyrannical. But when you're doing a fantasy story or some kind of cyberpunk futuristic thing or an enlightened story, if you're going like sci-fi or something yeah. like that, or some kind of gritty, dark world of darkness type thing that's dark. And gritty. And gritty. And grim. Grim, uh, grim and dark, perhaps. Yeah. Then these are great. Because you got an unbelievable story, have unbelievable governments. Sure. So let's uh, let's just kind of dive in. All right. Balls deep into the water here. We're going to start off with the first one we came up with on this list, a meritocracy. Tell me what a meritocracy is, Matt. All right. So the best at something, pick it. It depends on what's important to your society. Whatever that something is, is in charge. It could be a warlord. Obviously, they're the best at fighting or gathering people to fight. Waging war. Right. It could be the best arcane caster. 
Oh, Absolutely. you can't cast ninth level spells? You're not even in the running. Get out of here. Yeah, guess what? The Archmage Clown. is obviously in charge. Right. You can't cast Time Stop and shape change into a silver dragon and mow everybody down. You're not in charge, baby. <laughs> Unless he sets somebody else up to be it. Now, additionally, meritocracies can also be run with sets of people like councils and stuff like that. Sure. Oh, you're the smartest person at technology. Well, guess what? You get to be in charge of technology. You work the hardest in agriculture. You get to be in charge of agriculture. I have a town that you guys haven't come across yet that is actually a meritocracy council. Mm -hmm. And it is strictly a trade town. And the best leather worker represents the leather workers. The best blacksmith represents the blacksmiths. And there's even the best haggler in town becomes the chief of commerce. He, yeah. He's basically the mayor because all of these people have to get supplies to do their jobs. And so he's the one that, like you said, in a town that's based strictly off of commerce, the person who arranges the best deals for supplies is the dude who needs to be in charge. Sure. Yeah. Now, obviously, in the real world... Oh, that's nonsense. This is all nonsense. Yeah. Why? Because generally the people who are best at doing something... Are, are busy doing are it? Are doing it. Yeah. They <laughs> they don't have time to run stuff. They're doing stuff. Right. And they should be doing stuff. If you're good at it, go and do it. I mean, if you're the best knitter, then you can probably actually just sit there and do that magic shit with those sticks while holding a conversation. That is some black magic, but, by the way. Knitting, I've seen... Yeah, but for most jobs, that's not really feasible. It's tough to hold a conversation while you're blacksmithing. Sure. I mean, you could. If you yell a lot. A lot of, a lot of banging, a lot of yelling. So this is the first one that comes into mind because obviously this is great in a fantasy game. Sure. Because usually you get the warlord, the tyrannical people, the, you know, the, t the typical stuff, right? Yeah. Kings and queens and so forth. But this is a great one to start with. Hey, look, it's free society. Everybody uses the sweat off their back. They get in charge because they've done it long as they know better. Yep. And that's why it's called fantasy, guys. And they just pay for mercenaries. Yeah. Why not? Now, let's going to spin the wheels a little bit in a different direction. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about belief systems. Dun, and dun. we have what, Matt? The theocracy. Ah, yes. Tell me of the theocracy. So, the head of religion is the head of the government. This uh, this usually only works for single religions, but very closely allied religions could do it as well. Sure. Now, this is obviously in the real world at some point in history. Some would say still yes. in the real world. We're, we're doing this based off of the concept of real gods who occasionally visit and sort of mentality. And this is where things take a little bit of a turn because... It's one thing to say, well, we're running it according to the tenets of a belief system. But when an angel comes down and says, yo, we're in charge now. Okay. Right. What are you going to do? He's going to strike you with fire? We'll beat you. Arrows of slaying. Yeah, with wings or something. Arrows of slaying. Yeah, it's going to. And, and not only that, when the semi-divine are just rolling around adventuring like demigods. Sure. I think Hercules, for example, is a good example of that, right? Right. Then... What are you going to do? I mean, there's literal proof right there. And of course, the clerics are 
sitting there going, yeah, we've been casting spells for thousands of years, dude. No shit. That dude I brought back from the dead last week. Yes, <laughs> there are real gods, dummies. Just parted the seas and raised the dead. What more do you want from me? Of course there's angels flying around and demons. They just popped up out of the ground and just started slaying people. Now, when you've got different factions at war with each other, such as the Forgotten Realms. Sure. The Time of Troubles is a great yeah. example of that. Bunch of different gods. Hey, look, they're just chilling. Their avatars are literally stomping around, screwing up the world. Guess what? Theocracy makes sense at this point. And it can get really fun if you have a civil war because you've got disorganized religions with several sects fighting over the government, like literally fighting over the government. Sure. Zentil Keep is a good example of that. Oh, yes. Now, what happens when you have different opinions between the people being ruled or maybe even the people who are kind of carrying out the will of a deity and the divine? That's a kind of a fun concept to think about. Like, what if I don't exactly agree everything that this angel's telling me? Just because you got feathers on your back doesn't mean I need to listen to you. Maybe I'm in it for something else. Now we talk about intrigue, right? Sure. So that'd be a fun way to run stuff as well. That's when you start uh, selectively interpreting the wording of things. Ah, I see. So not, not necessarily literal, but as intended. Sure. Or literal, depending upon how it works. Exactly. Whatever best suits your purpose. Yeah, fair enough. So the next one, I think, is probably more up your alley than mine. Ah, uh, yes, the mageocracy. Indeed. Now, a mageocracy is very similar to a theocracy in that some kind of alternative power source rules, in this case, wizards. Sure. Or scions, if you want to do like a psyocracy. Right. I mean, or, you've actually had that in one of your games. I have, yes. I'm One of the games I ran had a whole council of scions that kind of ran an enclave of shadiness going on. It was a lot of fun. Now, when we say wizards, it could be traditional wizards in terms of classes. It could just be magic users in general, where the might makes right. Sure. Uh, Thay is a good example. They usually have wizards, but there's also like some sorcerers as well. Probably some warlocks mixed in at yeah. this point. I haven't checked 5th edition's stuff yet on uh, that. Yeah. I think it's probably still all wizards just because. Probably wizards and sorcerers. Uh, I feel like anything that caps out at like three or four spell slots, probably not going to make the cut for Thay. Yeah. So. Think about how a society is ruled in terms of wizards or magic users overall versus just regular people, or again, like a theocracy. Whereas a theocracy, you would think the religious stricture would be part of the legal system. Sure. A mageocracy could be sets of classes, right? The people who can do magic versus the people who can't. Or... Maybe magic is incorporated into everyday life in government. So you might have laws against specific types of spells. Sure. Or for specific types of spells. Could be a group of mages that are attempting to set up a utopia. Sure. And maybe they use their abilities to enhance. So Eberron's a great example of that in fantasy styles, right? So you have, uh, what was it, the mage rights. Yeah. I got one trade, right? I, got, I can do one thing. What can you do? I can do continual flame. Yep. All day, every day, no problem. And everybody has free, unlimited light in their homes. And that was a huge changing point in the real world. Yeah, when electricity came about. And, yeah. yeah. The so light. One can only assume that 
it would change significantly in a fantasy world as well. Make it a lightning rail. I got some some hot air balloons, elemental galleons and stuff. Everything's happening now, man. Oh, yeah. Progress. Microwaves. Yeah. So how does this relate to not only the government that, that your characters are playing in, if it's a mageocracy, but how do they relate to other civilizations that may or may not be a mageocracy? Are your rulers going to have any respect for rulers that aren't capable? Yeah. Who knows? Or are they at like a, co- a cold war with a different mageocracy? Maybe, maybe or a cold sp- war with a theocracy. Yeah. Maybe there's some specialists. Almost so imagine, definitely. well, imagine like a mageocracy full of conjurers versus enchanters. Mm, I can see that. Going back to the forgotten realms with the Emiskari. Gotcha. Because they are a bunch of artificers. Sure. Versus. I mean, and the Thans for that matter, right? The head eight are all represent, or each represent one school of magic. Fair enough. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, on the other side of the coin, we talked about magic a good bit, but there's also a technocracy. Sure. At and that point, what the leadership would be based off of who was the best and brightest mm-hmm. so maybe the top scientist leads or the top corporate inventor now the other side of the technocratic coin is what if an ai leads so artificial intelligence or the ghost in the machine perhaps sure or a shadowy cabal of hackers living in the matrix making all the decisions for some kind of cybernetic court sure yeah this could be as utopian or as horribly extreme as you want it to be. So you could go, everybody's thoughts are equal because maybe everybody participates in voting on the matrix, or it could be as Terminator or big brother. I was thinking also like every you know, big brothers are watching. Everybody sees kind of like real life, really when everybody's watching everything you're doing. Or, you know, it could even go to the point of the computer is your friend. Oh, very. So paranoia. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. I mean, that's realistically a technocracy. Knowledge of rules is above your security clearances, and please report for termination. <laughs> Lose a globe. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, another one. We got trial for leadership. Tell me about this one. This is an interesting way to run a government, and we thought this was kind of a fun one to, to kind of throw in. Okay. So my theory here is you either have one trial, depending on what your society is, most based around Mm -hmm. right if you've got a very combat oriented society then that's the very traditional oh the biggest strongest orc is the ruler of the clan right sure that's a simple way to look at it but you could also go very like hunger games absolutely which is a way to kind of weed out dissension in the ranks and that's how you rule by getting all the biggest and strongest to basically fight so that they don't try to rebel against the rulers but you could also have a point system and multiple trials and the person who's the most well-rounded is the ruler. So you could also have some kind of gladiatorial combat. Sure. That would be like Thunderdome determines who the ruler of Bartertown is. Yeah. Him blaster. Or, you know, I was thinking planet Hulk. Sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Hulk rules, man. He's yeah. the most powerful of all. Kind of might makes right in this in this term, but it could also be based on who's the most popular of the games. 
So this could be a popularity contest as well. 100%. Could be charisma-based, basically. That would be fun. So how would you run an organization or a government based off of some kind of trial set? Is it something that they're continually improving upon themselves? Is it to the death? Or is it maybe just to the pain? To use a Princess Bride quote. I'm wearing the shirt for that. I know. So I was looking at the shrieking eels there. <laughs> I figured, you know, why not? But those are a lot of different ways to run something. Sure. Way different than the typical government. We don't have all the answers on this one. No. You, man, just come up with your trials and see what your players do. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, you could have one which a government which is chosen-based. Yes. I think the theory here is either at birth or the death of the previous ruler, the matron or patron power of a country or town, whatever, picks the next ruler. Sure. And that could apply to either a single ruler like a monarch or to a council. And each time one of the council passes or retires, Whatever this power is literally just handpicks and says, oh, this person will now take the seat. This kid that's got an arrow on his head and a flying buffalo going on these merry adventures and he gets locked in the ice and places isn't ruled, just descends into chaos. So the chosen could run. Ah, yes. As the power that exists, I'm going to give him a flying buffalo so that everyone knows he's important. Well, yeah. Obviously, the ruler has to have a flying buffalo. What else would you have? And... Honestly, if I were a ruler, I too would have a flying buffalo. I want a giant winged Ankylosaurus. Oh, you want a tress, a giant tressum, basically? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. That would be But not like too. a panther, like a house cat that is just actually giant size. Just a giant house cat? Yeah. It reminds me of what, Cringer from He-Man? But yeah, maybe not he, green and yellow? And right, but he actually turned into like a tiger type. Battle cat. Right? Yeah. yeah. He turned into battle cat. Yeah, no. My He-Man knowledge is extensive. <laughs> I believe He-Man would probably be. Probably better than mine. He-Man would be very much so a chosen. Oh, yeah. That Was that on purpose? No, it was not. That's Look at a, that, guys. That's a great. A goddamn genius is what it is. There we go. Yeah, see. Now we're on track. All right. All right. We're going to talk a little bit more about governments but we'll be right back after these messages this is a commercial break if you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic or if you'd like to sponsor an episode we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com so write to us and maybe we'll talk to you maybe not and we're back welcome back so we're talking about governments and games when we last left off we were talking about he-man we were in fact being the chosen one and he should be and she-ra princess of power as well she also was the chosen one guys think about that but there are also other different types of ways that you can have rulers and governments and so forth uh, going along the same lines, you mentioned kind of like keeping things on a track, Matt. Yes, which is an unintentional segue to the prophesied. Ooh, so the prof- so a prophecy as a government. What do you mean by that? That seems interesting. Okay, so 
it's similar to the chosen, except basically there's a checklist of things that have to occur for someone to be the chosen, right? So they have to be able to carry water across a whole bunch of posts that lead down into nothing. Yes. Rescue the golden child. Yes, indeed. Or they have to eat the spice so that they can, yeah. a little Kwisak Haderach action there. Sure, sure. Or something as simple as pulling a sword from a stone. Oh, Arthurian legend, of course, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, interesting ways that you can interject that into a campaign, certainly. A, magic. Right. That's the easiest thing, right? right? Make up some magic. Make it sound interesting. You have when, oracles in your campaign. Occasionally they spit something out. In this case, they spat out how you vote for your next game. Yeah. Now, I personally love to throw random facts in with my oracles. And if you don't make stuff up on the fly, just get a generator of just random things that are going on. Uh, random encounter generators are really good for that. Yes. And you could literally just two or three things and then take those conditions. So a man comes up and holds a mug. Okay, cool. Um, a bird flies overhead and there's a festival. So you could literally say, when the festival is overhead and a man with a golden mug shines and the hummingbirds land upon it, you shall know that your ruler is born. Bam. And they go look for a kid when those three conditions fit. Sure. And literally the world will not bend even if you attempt to fabricate those things until the prophecy is ready. So it's a series of conditions that are met. In addition to that, the chosen one, and for that matter, the prophecy in this case, could both be governed by specific events for their life or for the government in question. So a prophesized government might only last a short time before it changes. Very true. Maybe it's only prophesied to exist for a hundred years or the lifetime of a ruler. Maybe it's not, there's not a time limit on the prophecy. So let's say if you wanted to be a terrible person, this prophecy is about one of your players. Mm -hmm. And they are crowned king, queen, empress, what have you. For as long as they shall live until they get assassinated the next day. Or they literally have no interest in being the ruler because they're freaking adventurers. And if they wanted <laughs> to do homework and listen to people, that's not the life they'd have gone into. Sure. So then it becomes a curse in yeah. many ways. And How do you undo the curse of a prophecy? You walk away. Like you've already been crowned. If there's no time limit on the prophecy, like if the prophecy literally doesn't say, and they shall rule for X amount of time then literally they're just like, okay, thanks for the dope crown. I'm out, folks. <laughs> and just walk. I appoint you all governors to govern. I'm going to go slay some dragons. Yeah. I'm, sure. Nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not here for that later. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, this would be very similar to the lottery as well. So instead of having just specific events, maybe just random events happen to make somebody a ruler. Yeah. I was actually thinking like literally everybody in the kingdom's name goes in a giant cauldron and a trained monkey jumps in the cauldron and jumps out with one tag. And that person rules for two years. 
And this might be a fun spin on a classic, uh, I actually read a, uh, Isaac Asimov story about how the ruler was chosen by lottery. And I can't remember what story, I think it was like a short story at some point. But one of the things that I remember it being mentioned was this was something that nobody really wanted. Like nobody wanted to rule because they wanted to run their own lives. And so lottery could be something where maybe your decisions are so important or you put your life on the line. Well, of course you do. Right. So maybe this is not something that the typical person wants. And so it is not a, um, a, a thing that where if you're in power, it's, you're actually the least amount in charge. I can see that. And you know, you're responsible for everything. Right. And there's the other side of it also, right? Which is, it's obviously a terrible system of government, but nobody wants to get rid of it because in two years, they might get to be the one that's in charge. Mm-hmm. But also, nobody does an awful job of it because in two years, somebody else is going to be in charge and there will be repercussions if you're an awful tyrant for your two years. Yeah, because then the next tyrant that comes into play is just going to destroy you. Yeah. Like, there are some obviously logical counterbalances there. If you're not self-destructive, then you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Unless you're a puppet for somebody else. Right. Speaking of which, you could have a puppet government. 100%. Run by other governments. Rome did that all the time. Sure. They just made every country they conquered a vassal of, of them. Yeah. And then installed a governor. So you could have this in your campaign as well. Uh, and this could be basically based off of any of the other government types we've talked about so far or the ones we're going to talk about. Sure. Just throw it in there. Make it a puppet. It's yeah. run by this person. And it could even be a joke for, like, if you have an empire, right, and you've got a country over here and they're like, uh, their governor's drawn by lottery every six weeks. That'll be great. And literally, there are people there <laughs> that just report back to the empire what's going on, almost like a serial drama. Yeah. Because they're, end of the day, they're the ones that are actually in charge. So what are you going to say? No. Now, this brings up a shadow government as well, one being led by unseen rulers. Sure. So if you want to throw a little conspiracy theory action into your campaign, which who wouldn't? Yeah, man. Grab yourself an Illuminati and run with it. Yeah. Or maybe just a couple of mages sitting down by the local bar. If you guys have been listening to some of our episodes, you know, they actually rule the world except for that one guy. It's just chilling. Man. It's just there for the drinks, guys. And the free beer. He didn't mean to kill that dude. No, they keep buying him drinks. He's cool. They got chicken wings. They're really good. Who knew that all the other wizards he was hanging out with are literally ruling the rest of the country? All at just some rando bar. Sure. It could happen. It, it could. Certainly totally could happen. in one of our games. Yes. All right, so let's talk about the next one. Glory. Mm-hmm. So this is a, I guess, uh, somewhat of a meritocracy in many ways. Absolutely. And in some ways, it's kind of a trial, but it's specifically, uh, if you look through history, a lot of times generals that have successfully led revolutions or 
uh, an emperor has died with no line, and this person has been out claiming land for the empire. Turns around and says, you know what? I'm going to claim the whole country. Yep, I'm in charge. There you go. And uh, they turn around, and they're in charge, because also the whole army listens to them. Yeah, when you're in power, that's what happens. So you could have a government which is all about glory or accomplishments as well. Sure. But just a different spin on, on things as well. You could have a complete and utter control over everything, a hegemony. Sure. And so the hegemon could be someone who dictates every aspect of a life, very much like a dictatorship, I guess. But it could also be self-elected to take control of everything. Again, this could be a service which people don't like. Maybe I don't want to be the hegemon today. Right. But you're elected. Sorry, we've determined that you're going to be the hegemon. You fit all the criteria. Damn it. I've got to donate four years of my life to solving everybody else's problems. Right. It could happen. Man, I just want to drink on Thursdays. This is garbage. Can't drink on Thursdays. you got to solve world hunger, man. Right. It's too bad. Deal with it. You can drink later. You can drink after you're done with that. Oh, I can <laughs> solve world hunger, but people, there's a lot of people that aren't going to like it. Yeah, then I can be very happy about it. But nobody asked them, because I'm in charge. There you go. He says right before the bullet hits his skull. Now, <laughs> hegemonies are real good for like futuristic type stuff. Sure. They could exist in a fantasy game as well. Yeah. Speaking of futuristic type stuff. We've got a future council. Yes. Now, this is a fun spin. I haven't seen this uh, in anything that I've no. read yet. But I think the closest thing that kind of sort of comes to it is the Tomorrow War. Yes. So something like that. So the idea is that a shadowy group from the future leads the government of today in the character's timeline from the pa in their past, in, in the shadowy government's past, to correct the errors of the future. So the idea is the future sucks, but they've discovered time travel. They go back into the past to correct all of the errors. And it may just be like a phone that you pick up and you get directions. Sure. They might literally have a portal they step through and be like, look, you've got to fix X, Y, and Z. But they're in charge. They're ruling the current government. And it's because they've seen it. They already know what's going to happen. And so that's a real cool way to, to work with stuff. How do you deal with that? And if you had a, a massive future conspiracy like that, right? You wake up in the morning. You're just some dude, right? You're just literally a guy. And you get a text that says, you know, from the president, whatever. Weird. You will not travel to the work your normal way today. You will leave five minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. Or you will hang a left on First Street. Because the current president is being led by people in charge, knowing that if this person dies, right, then they can't solve some kind of future incident correct so like it could literally trickle down to a plumber or anyone or a series of adventures which yes. is where we get to writing for a campaign so this is a fun way to interject a little bit of storyline yeah a little bit of um i don't know a little bit of conspiracy theory if you will absolutely now you got to be you got to be able to juggle because obviously you have to somewhat anticipate events or play it off what the characters do and then kind of turn it back around. Yeah. 
and you could also this is another one of those governments which could exist in a high tech world in a normal world or fantasy world in a fantasy world because they're chronomancers yeah. not you know sci-fi world yeah. obviously i mean how many times does star trek go back in time all of them at least twice a season finally we have one of our favorite the monstocracy yeah, so a monster's rule now, this could be anything generally intelligent beasts but yeah. it could be a council of dragons running the show i mean second edition had an entire box set about that council of worms yeah yep. there you go uh a bunch of sphinxes sure because they're wise i've mentioned before uh the small town that your adventures work uh went through matt where the abolith was in charge of a library town yep. right and all of the most learned mages would journey deep down into the subterranean basements. Sure. Where there's a big lake and he ate them and accumulated all of their wonderful knowledge. So that it would never die. And he could govern more effectively. Yep. And he knew what was going on. They never had to leave. Yeah. Uh, mind flayers, obviously. Sure. They could be in charge of For a government. Similar reasons because they're insidious and intelligent, but beholders as well. Yeah. They're tyrannical. They like to be in charge. Yes. Literally, they're in charge because until someone is capable of stopping them, no one is capable of stopping them. Now, you could also throw in more of, we mentioned theocracy, so we, don't, we won't get into like demons and angels and stuff like that. We could also do stuff like the Fae Court is in charge. Maybe there's a breach and the Fae Wild just bursts through. Sure. Could be. That could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. Elemental lords maybe have taken over. And that oh, happened in Kalimshin. Sure. You could also take a page from all of Ravenloft and have undead, undead rulers. rulers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vampire Lord Strahd, for example. Sure, but just... Okay, so imagine this. Picture with me a benevolent Lich Lord. Mm -hmm. You literally do what you want to in your society, right? Food is provided for you. Uh, housing, everything's provided. You are a citizen on birth until you reach your age of majority, and then you decide whether or not you stay or leave. Mm -hmm. The only law is if you stay, when you die, your body is used for the labor force that provides for the next generation. So you basically live a delightful life, and then you toil away in the afterlife. Right. But if it's a mindless undead, your spirit doesn't suffer for that. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking absolutely no form of government, but you, you mentioned uh, Strahd. I was thinking Slod. And, uh, and for some a reason- Slodocracy. A Slodocracy, guys. I, I believe there's a word for that. It's, it's called, called anarchy. Yeah, it's called anarchy. Yeah. That's okay, though. That's still, it made me, made me smile. Still a Slodocracy. A little Slodocracy. They got like slide rules and gavels. Psh! They just beat people with them. All right. So those are some examples of different strange and unusual governments that you can throw into your campaign. And of course, feel free to expand upon any of these. Yeah. We're just giving some ideas to generate. Now, what does this mean specifically for your stories and your campaigns? We've right. got a couple handy rules. Sure. So first off, governments could be a patron, as in either for warlocks or a patron even... As a cleric. Yeah. Like you could have a spirit of a god of cities or a god of a city or a god of governments. God of the country. Yeah. 
Also, you could do the patron as in patronage, which is, you know, they are the person, the employer that sponsors Mm -hmm. a group. If it's a theocracy, it could also be literally a patron for a warlock or a cleric. Yeah. I mean, that's the easiest way to adapt this. The solar that sits on the throne is just like, I accept your deal. Go and do good. Yeah. Man, it's just chilling. He literally is ruling. Yeah. I speak to the boss above. Like, that's how it works. Uh, go- speaking of bosses, governments could be bosses for the adventurers. Sure. So maybe you're a knight or you're a soldier or an adventuring group of some sort. Yeah. Spy. Oh, t- totally. Then you'd definitely be working for the government then. But I mean, knights are the most classic government as boss trope that really exists, kind of. So how would a knight work in a mageocracy versus a... Well, they're just eldritch knights. Oh, okay, fair enough. Or what about a monstocracy? Uh, really depends on the monsters. Yeah, same. Very much. What if it's a chosen or a prophecy? Could be, could be lots of fun, right? Yeah. They could be a place for jobs. Just straight up jobs. Hiring yeah. people. Got to build roads, guys. Got to build houses and bridges and stuff. Infrastructure and so forth. Yeah, or we are... We, as a government, are building this road. We would like you to make sure it is safe to do so. Yeah. Clear out this uh, cavern full of monsters. We've got we to gotta mine it. Yep. There you go. Uh, lawmeisters as well, making laws and so forth. Well, sure, but also bounty hunting. We have a criminal that got away. We need you to return them. Yeah, regulate. And this is very common in most campaigns. They could be obstacles for your players. I feel like that's the most common thing that a government is. When you're playing with a lot of murder hobos, this is how it works. So maybe if they are trying to accomplish a mission, they're the adversaries. Absolutely. Wrong place, wrong time. You run up against some government agents, try to tell the G-man to get out of the way, and they try to shoot you. Yeah. Or... But your mage is ready because he casts that power ball. He's down with it. He knows what's up. Cybermancer is all about it. He's he's already magically jacked into his cyber deck. He's wrecked their computer systems. Or if your big bad evil guy is an ally to a foreign power. And when their plan goes up in flames, they retreat to another country. Now you have to operate in hostile territory to try and root out this big bad evil guy that you yeah. know is planning something awful. Absolutely. You could also have the government be just a straight up villain. Yeah, the actual government is the villain. Yeah, big brother's in charge and everything sucks. I mean, this is perfect for... Dictatorships. Yeah, well, just a revolution campaign. Oh, yeah. Sow some dissent from within and that'd be a lot of fun to play. Absolutely. You've been itching for this revolution campaign for a while, haven't I have. you? Yeah, yes. We'll have to play that sometime. And the, what you do, see, I already have a plan. You have like a scoreboard and you have social, financial, and then just outright violence, right? And where you tick on the sheet, like how many, basically how many points you get determines how much destabilization of the current government you do. Hmm? I already have a plan, man. I'm telling you. It's going to be I, great. I love your plan. This can be a reward for players. Sure. And this is a simple one, right? You get a title. You've done good deeds for the for the realm. You get to be a knight. Yeah. There you go. Here's your, here's your plot of land and a castle. History is full of people who simply didn't let the flag fall and ended up with knighthoods. 
Finally, it also can enhance a story, giving your world more definition, or be a staging point for when two governments can clash. Sure. And I would say these kind of sink more than you think because obviously it's a staging point for your campaign specifically. Right. But I'm very interested, less so in just an individual government, but when they interact in a world. Because remember, no city is an island. And no kingdom is an island either. That's right. They always exist. There's always that interplay between things going on. And so something to think about. Got to juggle when you're writing stories. Yeah. And that's good for uh, higher level play as well. Like, Absolutely. Y- you got to start doing things on a larger scale. And when we're talking about high level campaigns, this is a perfect thing to start interjecting more into the campaign. Because at that point, it's less about I'm worried about fighting the dragon and more about, all right, I've got this gigantic hideout I've already built. I am so powerful now that the local populace is either in fear of me or in awe of me. How is the rest of the country going to feel about it? Do I take over the country? Do I become the leader? Do I form my own country? Or as the bard, do I have to leave the bar now? Can I bring the bar with me? <laughs> Magically. Yes. I, need, I, I will now have to hire an artificer, I, artificer to bring a traveling bar. Sure. That's how it works. Heward's Handy Tavern. Heward's Handy Tavern. I like that. Never any supply of beer. So there you have it. Several ideas and ways that you can interject a little bit of government action into your campaign or story, regardless of whether it's fantasy or sci-fi or whatnot. Anything. Yeah. Do we miss something? Certainly. Absolutely. We'd love to hear what some of your ideas for other crazy governments or other just really interesting ones. Yeah. Hit us up. Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. We are on all of the things. Please tell us what we are on. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. We are also on Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, or Twitch. You got to click the five stars. You got to give us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or Podchaser. It feeds the hungry algorithm. Gets the show out to more people. And we'd appreciate that. That's right. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Bye, folks. World where the Goblin's Corner is by Matt Staples and Eric Holden. Show song by the mighty D20. This has been a subterranean production coming soon.